Bibles tonight and turn to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to finish up here, Lord willing, uh, what I started this morning. Colossians chapter 2, we'll begin reading there at verse 8 down through verse 15 once again. And the title of my message, Paid in Full. Thank God our salvation has been paid in full. Our debt has been paid in full. Our sin debt has been paid in full. Beware, verse 8 there, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened, remember we talked about that this morning, made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Heavenly Father, once again, we ask for your direction here tonight. God, fill me with your power and help me, Lord, to preach this message. And I pray that you'd also uh, fill every individual in the pew that they'll hear, understand, and be able to apply this truth to their lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paid in full. We talked about some things that Jesus Christ nailed on the cross of Calvary. And the first one we talked about found in verse 13 is the condemnation, our, the condemnation of our sin. It was our sin that he died for. It was our sin that put him on that cross. And, and again, there in verse 13, that uh, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him. And so we uh, uh, have every reason to thank God for uh, nailing our sins to the cross and indicating uh, that he has paid that debt fully, completely. And uh, that uh, certificate of debt is taken care of, signed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And then number two, we talked about another thing is the law. Uh, the law is a curse to those who are trying to live by the law, trying to get to heaven by the law. They're not going to get there. They're going to hell. Therefore, that's a curse. The, the law, the purpose of the law was to show us that we are sinners. It can do nothing to take care of the problem. Only Jesus can do that, the blood of Jesus Christ. The, the law was nailed to the cross. No longer, we're not going to be able to live by the law to fulfill every uh, uh, dot and and tittle of the law, but uh, our faith in Jesus Christ paid it all. And then we uh, just kind of scratched the surface of the next few items that he nailed to the cross there in verse 8. Uh, he talks about the, the, um, the word rudiment there. Um, Beware lest any man spoil you with philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. You know, the people in the world, they march to a different drum beat. And the devil has a drum beat. The devil has his uh, music, if you would, playing to try to draw people to follow him. And the thing that Jesus Christ nailed to the cross 
when he was there on Calvary, number three was the charms of this world. The world will try to charm you. The world will try to, to entice you. And uh, like I mentioned this morning, like that harlot who will try to lure or entice that man uh, away from uh, his, uh, his wife. And, and that's the way uh, uh, the world is trying to lure us away from our relationship with Jesus Christ. Trying to entice us to uh, uh, follow after it. And uh, too often, the world makes things look so good and uh, uh, so uh, like we really need those things in the world. But again, it's not talking about this physical world, the earth, um, the planet earth, nor are we talking about the people in the earth. We're talking about an ungodly system that's against God. 1 John 2, 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now listen carefully. It doesn't mean that because we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. It means we love the world because the love of the Father is not in us. And in other words, we, we love the, uh, the, if we love God, if we love the Father as we ought to love him, then we're not going to have a, a love for the world. There's not going to be an appeal to the world if we have the kind of love we ought to have for the Father. And 1 John 2, 16 says, For all that is in the world, now listen to this, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And this, by the way, this system, this ungodly system, the world, what, what is re being referred to here in Colossians as well as other places, that's an enemy that we have. These are things that we'll face in these perilous days. And uh, the only way we can be victorious is through Jesus Christ because he nailed it to the cross. Now, what is the lust of the flesh? Well, that's the sensual pleasures. What is the lust of the eyes? That's the selfish possessions. Or the pride of life. That's sinful pride or selfish pride. And so all of that, is nailed to the cross. Now, I, I want to show you how the world is nailed to the cross here in the Word of God. Turn with me to Galatians again. Galatians chapter 6, you can, or just write that verse down. Uh, you can look it up later. But here in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. The Apostle Paul said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing I can brag about, nothing I can take glory in, Paul said, except the cross. And of course, he can't take credit for it, but he glories in what Jesus has done, by whom, he says, now listen, listen here closely, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. You know, when Jesus died, he nailed sin to the cross. We already established that. He nailed the law to the cross. And the Bible says clearly and plainly that the world was crucified when Jesus died. Now why? He died because of the charms of this world and the pull of this world. And therefore, we can glory in the cross. Uh, 
the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. In other words, we can be victorious over the pull of the world with the Lord Jesus Christ's power and his help because he nailed it to the cross. Now, if this world has pull on you, if this world has a charm for you, it's because you fail to glory in the cross. Oh, let's get our eyes on what Jesus did on the cross. Glory in that, as Paul said. This world should have no charm to you and I as a Christian, uh, no more than a dead, decaying body hanging on a cross there on the hill in, somewhere in Rome. No, it's, it's uh, something we would look away from, something we wouldn't want anything to, uh, uh, to do with. And uh, that's how the world should be to us as believers if we're glorying in the cross. And so when Jesus died, he took a hammer and he nailed our sin to the cross. He nailed the handwriting of ordinances, the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is good. But the law cannot get anyone to heaven. And if a person's trusting in the law, in the, in, in the Ten Commandments, then uh, they're going to hell if that's what they're trusting to get to heaven. And because the truth of the matter is, nobody can keep the law like it's, it, it uh, must be kept to, uh, to perfection. And we can't do that. Therefore, uh, Jesus Christ nailed it to the cross, and he nailed the charms of this world. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what else he nailed. Number four, he nailed the corruption of the flesh. He nailed this old flesh to the cross. Now look there again uh, in Colossians chapter, chapter 2, verses 11 through verse 13. Um, in whom also ye are circumcised with the... Uh, circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, where also, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. And so now when the Bible says that your flesh it's talking about the flesh there. It's not talking about our physical bodies, just to clarify this. It's talking about our old sinful nature. That's what it's talking about. We're born with that. Uh, every man, woman, every, every individual is born with a sin nature. That's what it's referred to, referring to here in Colossians chapter 2. That sinful nature, Jesus Christ nailed it to the cross. He, uh, 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 he has paid that debt. He has made it possible for you and I to be victorious in this world. So the world has no more charm to that individual. It can be that way. And the flesh, it has no more pull uh, because I'm no longer dominated, no longer controlled, and neither are you by the flesh. I'm not dominated by the flesh. Before we were saved... We obeyed the flesh. We really didn't have a choice. That's, that that's, uh, uh, was our guiding direct, guide and direction in life. But Jesus not only died to take away my sin, he died to take away my old self, that sinful nature, nailed it to the cross. Now, Galatians 5, 24, and they that are Christ have, listen to this, have crucified the flesh. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh 
with the affections and lusts. Now, if your flesh is still out of control, and a lot of Christians talk that way this, in these days, well, we just can't help it. Teenagers can't help what they do. They just can't help that. That's just, you know, boys will be boys, girls will be girls, teens will be teens, men will be men, women will be women. Or whatever, you know, just excusing away our uh, really uncontrol of this uh, uh, flesh. And so if your flesh is out of control, if your flesh is uncrucified, you have every reason to ask yourself, have I been twice born? Have I been born again? Am I truly a believer? They that are Christ, the Bible says, have crucified the flesh. I'm not saying here tonight that if you have a problem with the flesh, you're not saved. No, I'm not saying that. But I am going to say, if your flesh, if, if you have just no control, and where you're following after it, and letting it guide and direct you, then there is a problem there. You need to evaluate uh, where you stand with the Lord. Because, and one thing for sure, you need to crucify it, that flesh. So that's what, really what baptism is all about. Look there um, in verse 12 of Colossians chapter 2, where it talks about buried with him in baptism. Uh, now what does that mean? When I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ as a young teenage boy, they, not too long after that, they put me down in a pool of water. And uh, why? Because the old Randy had died. And, and uh, he, he's, uh, as, as symbolized here, I was put beneath the water, I was buried, buried, and, and that old flesh, that old man, it symbolizes is crucified with Christ. And so that's a, you could say that waters of baptism was a liquid tomb. That's exactly what it was. And that was my funeral. Now listen, the only mourners there at that funeral was the devil. Yeah, uh, he hated to see Randy die because that, Randy was his buddy at one time. And just as you were too before you were saved. But you see, that's what baptism's about, are showing what really happened there. Uh, and, and, but I, I don't have to obey the devil anymore. Romans chapter 6, in verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is, there's the word, crucified, put to death with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Don't have to listen to the devil anymore. I'm not a servant to my flesh anymore. I'm not a servant to the, to the world. I can have victory because Jesus nailed it to the cross. Now, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the corruption of the flesh was nailed to the cross? And you see, so for many of us, um, we have, our, many people just have a very limited view of the cross and really what all took place there. Number five. I've just got a couple more here, and we're done tonight. The control, or the devil, the control of the devil. Jesus nailed it to the cross. When he died on the cross, he took care of that problem. We don't have to be controlled. We will not be controlled by the devil any longer. Verses 14 and 15 is where we see this happening. 
uh, the control of the devil was nailed to the cross. There in those two verses, not only, as it says there in verse 14, did he blot out um, the uh, handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary, uh, contrary to us, and uh, not only did he do that, but when he talks about principalities and powers there in uh, verse uh, 15, having spoiled principalities and powers, what's he talking about there? Remember Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of God, and it talks about the battle that we have, that spiritual battle. Uh, it talks about the principalities of this world, the powers, and he, what he's talking about is the power of Satan, Satan. He says there in, in Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against flesh and, and blood, but against principalities and powers. Now, the devil thought there on the cross of Calvary that he was destroying Jesus. And, uh, but Jesus, in reality, was destroying the devil. Prophesied from the book of Genesis that one day he was going to take care of the devil. And that's when he did it. Now, I, I know there's going to come a day where he's going to take care of him completely. He'll have no more say, no more uh, that he can do. But uh, he took care of him here on the cross of Calvary as far as he has no power over us, Christian. He has no authority in our lives. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, 14, great verse. It says, for as much then as the children, that's you and I, that's us, as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, that's talking about Jesus, he also himself took part of the same. He became flesh and blood for you and I. And now watch this, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is, that's the devil. And so when Jesus died on the cross, the devil said, aha, it's finished, I've won. Uh, but Jesus said, Satan, I'm not finished. You are finished. And that's exactly what took place. And so John 12, 31, now is the prince of this world cast out. The devil's cast out. He through death, in Hebrews 2, 14, he through death destroyed him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Did you catch that? He destroyed him. The now, what, what are we talking about there? Satan himself was nailed to the cross there on Calvary. His back is broken because of the cross of the Lord uh, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus destroyed Satan on the cross. Now, that word destroyed, it's a Greek word, means to make of none effect. Amen? The devil is made of none effect. It, it doesn't mean he's obliterated. Uh, it means he's wiped out. It means he's put out of business. A lot of businesses know what that's like here lately, don't they? Because of this, uh, some of the decisions of politicians around our nation. And um, put out of business. It's kind of sad, isn't it? You go some of those places that's been running for years. Now they are closed up. Doors boarded and, and uh, out of business. Well, I'm not sad to see the devil out of business. And I'm not sad. When I look back at the cross of Calvary, I understand that on that day, he was put out of business. And, and you don't have to obey the devil anymore. As Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. So thank God for that. 
And then number six, six things that Jesus nailed to the cross there on Calvary. And number six is death. I mentioned these this morning, but um, just wanted to point them out a little bit more in detail here. Look at verse 12 again. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. So the conquest of death was nailed on the cross. As I said this morning, Jesus' death was the death of death. And so it was, the, it was death that was crucified that day. Why? Because Jesus Christ paid the penalty for death. And again, I want to remind you, that's what baptism really is all about. Now, if you would, let's go back to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, you're not too far from, from there, and verse 14 and 15. I don't think I've read these verses yet. Um, Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. Listen again to these verses if I did read them. Uh, verses 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Yeah, I did read these verses. And deliver them through, uh, uh, who through fear of death were all, uh, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So when Jesus nailed Satan to the cross, he also nailed death to the cross. And so they said, Jesus is dying. They walked by and they said, you know, they mocked him, didn't they? And he said, if he really is the son of God, if he really is God, why don't he come off that cross? And so there he is. He's on that cross. Look at him. He is dying. No, he ever lives. Amen. He did die, yes, but he did, did not remain uh, dead. He arose from the grave, is alive forevermore. Jesus, uh, he, he uh, nailed death to the cross. Because he died and because he took upon him all of our sin, he done away with the penalty of death. Now, I'm not saying he done away with death. We're all going to, if the Lord doesn't come back in the next hundred years, we're going to die physically, but spiritually we will live forever with him. And so uh, Jesus is, you know, here he said he, he is clearly, he's nailed death to the cross. He's done away with the sting of death, the um, it no longer has that uh, uh, power over us. Uh, so he lives. Sin, on the cross of Calvary, we were able to say sin, it's dead uh, because of what Jesus did there on Calvary. Law, the law is dead. We're no longer, we don't have to try to fulfill the law. We have to trust in Jesus Christ. The old world, you're crucified. You're dead. I don't have to be allured to you or enticed by you controlled by you and death you're obliterated satan you're put out of business all that happened because of jesus christ and so that's what he did on the cross that's wonderful glory to god praise his name we ought to get excited you know look when it comes to easter time we we focused on this but this is something 365 days out of the year we ought to be rejoicing in that we have victory because he paid the price there on Calvary. Now, I don't have to be a slave any longer to sin because of what Jesus did. I don't have to be condemned by the law. You say, well, you broke some of the law. Yes, you, you were right. 
But I'm no longer condemned by the law. Only God has the power, the authority to condemn. And he's already said we are righteous because we took, as Brother Morris pointed out this morning, that great exchange. Uh, you know, God took all of our rottenness and our sin, and we got Jesus Christ's righteousness. What a, you, you know, you, I know Stephen, he finds these things sometimes, and he was some, in some store, and he knows he has a little bit of knowledge on these video games, right? So he found some video game. I think, did he, what, if it was, several hundred dollars ended up getting out of that thing. And, uh, and they only paid like seven bucks for it. So, you know, that's a great find. You know, you go into a store and you find some old thing, and you, or you go into your attic, say, you maybe I'll put that on the garage sale. And then, then what's really bad, when you sell it for five bucks and you see you could have made a thousand dollars out of it. But, uh, but those are good finds. But listen, it doesn't mean at all there's a, the greatest exchange that ever took place. It's when we came to Jesus Christ, put our trust in him, and we got his righteousness. And so don't, I don't have to be bullied anymore by the devil. I don't have to be intimidated by the world and the devil. I don't have to be intimidated by death. Why? Because of Jesus and what he did on Calvary. Now let me ask you a question. Is there some sin that is haunting you? Yeah, you've already asked God to forgive you, but you still have that ghost of guilt following you all around. Is there some law that is condemning you? And you're saying, oh, I must not, uh, I'm just not living up to the, to the, the holy law. I'm not doing everything that it says. Well, is there some worldly attraction that is pulling you away from God? Is there, is there some fleshly lust that is working on you? Is there some devilish power trying to control you? Is there some fear of death that is bothering you? I would say, uh, realize tonight, Jesus took care of all of that. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. There ought not be any guilt hanging over us because we've been forgiven. If we confess, he will forgive. And he's taking care of the penalty of sin on the cross of Calvary. Our debt is paid in full. That certificate of debt is written over that is in the blood of Jesus Christ is paid in full. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we... Uh, just are so excited and thankful as we dwell on this and think on this, what really took place on the cross of Calvary, what you nailed to that cross, what you took care of, what you paid for. We are so unworthy, but yet we're so thankful. And I pray that if there be anyone here tonight that has found in her life that the world seems to be pulling them every which way, that the devil seems to be calling the shots, that they, the sin in their life has complete victory. Maybe they need to come to you, Lord, and finally surrender to you and trust you as Savior. And Lord, I know as Christians, we all battle sin. We all battle these things in our life. But you have given us the victory. May we claim that victory tonight. So your will be done. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand, heads bowed, and eyes closed. Jody plays the piano tonight. Do you need to come? Is there something God put his finger on tonight? Well, I'll tell you, God wants us to be victorious. God wants us to have that power and live in victory.
So if we're not, it's our fault. Look to the cross of Calvary. See what he nailed there, what he paid for. Why are we still trying to pay it? 